Okay, good morning again. Uh, as I said, my name is Rendy, uh, and I'm really excited uh, to be with you here this morning as we tackle, uh, as Ben mentioned, this idea of magical moments. Uh, and I want to start by taking us back just a little bit uh, to understand how we ended up here uh, with this language. Uh, because I know that magical is not uh, a normal word or normal language that we use when we're talking about our walk with Jesus. Uh, and so as senior leaders, way before today, we were planning our January leadership huddle. Uh, and Jeff proposes this uh, nutso idea of magical moments. Um, and so and through much discussion, and then he shares the story of why he's thinking this, we're like, of course, absolutely. That's exactly the theme we should use for our leadership huddle. Uh, and so in addition, in past years, uh, some of you have also suggested that we bring our learnings from the leadership huddle here on a Sunday morning. And so here we are. And I'm excited uh, to be the one here to get to share this with you. We're actually doing this across all of our campuses this morning in a collaborative effort uh, for one shared vision. Uh, we believe a shared vision is vital to keeping us on mission uh, in 2024 and uh, as we move forward and keeping us on mission to help next generations encounter and follow Jesus to bless a broken world. So what do we mean? What do we mean by magical moments? Uh, well, this past fall, our student ministry leaders across all three campuses, Grundy, Waverly, Cedar Falls, and in partnership with Nazareth Church, uh, they hosted one night. And you guys have heard me talk about this before, and really how incredible it was. We sent seven buses to Grundy and Waverly and welcomed over 600 students and leaders into this space right here for a night of fun, worship, community, and encouragement in their faith. And I remember standing in the back of this room with Brian, and we're both just in complete awe in complete awe of what was happening in this space, a space created to invite, to experience, and respond to Jesus. And I think we both said, this is why we do what we do. This is why we create spaces. Invite next generations in. And we allow them to have an experience to encounter Jesus. And maybe, just maybe, take a next step in their faith. And here's the other thing. Almost anything and everything that could go wrong that night did. But it ruined nothing. Uh, there were students throwing up on the bus. It happened. Uh, and friends, it had not rained in like forever, right? And just as they're ready to head out for games, s'mores, uh, fire, uh, it actually started pouring. And we're all like, why? Why tonight? We even had college students out these doors on our east lawn playing nine square in the rain, completely getting drenched. And they didn't care. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just because it hadn't rained so long and so they were celebrating that too. And then after this night, uh, Amanda Shara, one of our board members, uh, she shared when her daughter, daughter got home that night, she, they asked her, well, how was it? And Sammy thought about it for a moment, and she answered with one word, magical. This sixth grade student from Waverly could only describe her experience at one night 
is magical. And so this got us to thinking, what other magical moments have people experienced? What magical moments have you experienced? Maybe it was Christmas Eve. Uh, You know, I know that Christmas Eve, that was a magical moment for my husband. This amazing introverted of a man served in the booth for all of our services. And one evening, I mean, he was just overcome with emotion because of the magical moment that he experienced in this room with many of you. And he can't explain it, but he was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit, seeing the unity in this space is so many of you and so many families came together to celebrate the birth of our King. And then we start 2024 uh, in the series, Remain Every Day. And that series was about what it looks like to experience God in the everyday moments. The everyday moments connecting with God, the Holy Spirit, moments of joy and love and standing firm in our faith. And so maybe you already have a head start and you've been thinking about or paying more attention to where you see God in the everyday moments. And so here's where I want you to sit this morning with me. What magical moments have you experienced? And then what made them magical? And as I thought about this question, I can't help but think about all the magical moments that so many have experienced for over 2,000 plus years as they followed Jesus. And so what is it? What is it about him that caused people to believe in him and follow him? There's something about him that drew people in. What magical moments did they experience that they would drop everything and follow him? I mean, it's all over the Gospels, right? These magical moments, profound for whatever reason. You see it in Zacchaeus, the tax collector in Luke 5, the woman at the well in John 4, and the centurion at the foot of the cross in both Mark and Luke. And these are only a few. These are only a few of the magical moments. And that's not even including all the miracles that Jesus performed. And all the other things in between and since that if we don't create margin in our life, we might miss them. People meet Jesus and they're changed, and they should be. Whatever their deepest need was, Jesus met it. Then they go and they tell others what happened. They invite others to do the same. Invite, share their experience, and respond by taking a next step. And we see this in John 1, where John was one of the first men Uh, that was Jesus invited to be a part of his team. And he shares a story about how magical it must have been to receive that invitation. Andrew and his friend, probably John, were invited to spend an afternoon with Jesus. And after that afternoon, Andrew went immediately, immediately to his brother Simon Peter. And he said, we found the Messiah. And he took Peter to meet Jesus. And the next day, John and Peter take Jesus back to their hometown where they find their friend Philip. And Jesus invites him, saying, come, follow me. And this is how the story goes from there. In John 1, 45, it says this. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And don't miss this. Do you see what's happening here? Jesus invites someone to follow. 
They spend a little time with him, determines he's a big deal, and then they introduce him to their friend. Jesus invites their friend to follow. They conclude he's a big deal. I mean, Philip tells Nathaniel, this is the one Moses and all the prophets wrote about. The one who sent us from the, was sent to free us from Roman oppression. He's a big deal. I imagine in today's world, he's kind of like a Taylor Swift big deal, right? And then there's this. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. And I laugh every time I read this because what a harsh response from Nathaniel. You see, Nazareth was despised by the Jews. In fact, it's believed, or potentially, that the poor reputation and morals and religion of the people of Nazareth are probably maybe what fueled Nathaniel's response. He simply can't imagine anything good coming from there. But he accepted his friend's invitation anyway. And I bet he's glad he did. Because had he not, had he held on to his prejudice without being curious enough to follow, he would have missed the opportunity altogether to see who Jesus really was, the Messiah. And continuing on, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And I love this exchange. Uh, Jesus knows Nathaniel. He knows his heart, his needs, his deepest desires. He knows yours, and he knows mine. Jesus seems to know his character and that he's an honest man. Nathaniel's surprise is really what I find so cool in this. Nathaniel's just as, as surprised as we are that Jesus already knows him. And here's the thing. Some of our most magical moments do surprise us. And how Jesus answers makes me so curious. Had he seen him before? I mean, did he actually see him sitting under the fig tree? Perhaps he had, I don't know. Perhaps he had seen him sitting there in the shade of the day, maybe reading scripture, maybe praying. While most religious men did this in the temple in those days, Nathaniel may have been uh, hiding out under the fig tree, really just to, to conceal how devout he was. Regardless, this is how Nathaniel responds. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. I mean, I'm mind blown. Like, what just happened here? How do you go from what good can come from Nazareth to you are the son of God, literally in the blink of an eye? Boom. It's like a magical moment. What is it about Jesus to have this kind of effect on people? And if that's not enough, Jesus says, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And Jesus is trying to help him, and all of us, I think, by saying, I am just getting started. Just wait. You haven't seen anything yet. So what do you think? It seems to me that Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, his response is the key to seeing greater things. And I believe the same is true for us. Take the next step, and you will see greater things. And in our leadership huddle, uh, we took some time, 
just for this. We took some time to share some of our personal experiences and magical moments. Uh, We had a young mom share at our table that her magical moment was a call from the person sitting next to her with a simple invitation to coffee. And these two women found uh, that they had a bond that was so much deeper when they shared their stories with one another. A simple cold call, literally a cold call and an invitation, created a magical moment. Another individual shared at our table that he leads a men's retreat. And what seemed like a decent idea at best turned into something amazing impacting the lives of other men, he did not see it coming. And it continues to grow and to thrive still today. It was something he said shouldn't even have worked, but it did. Here was his exact quote. He said, invite the Spirit of God into everything. When he shows up, magic happens, even when it shouldn't work. And these are just two of the stories that were shared that morning. We had 14 other tables in this room of people sharing their magical moments with one another. And so then we asked everyone in the space, what made these moments magical? What are the ingredients for a magical moment? And so we were hoping to learn a few things and encourage one another to be better at looking for them and maybe, just maybe, figure out how to create more. There seemed to be this agreement around several key ingredients. For many, there was the initial ask, the invitation, along with the sense of being welcomed and wanted. Some said that having some margin or some space in their lives to experience something surprising was key. While others said that paying attention in the middle of the mundane, everyday task was critical. Some had shared that strengths and passions coming together in ways that brought teams or partners together in unexpected powerful ways were also a part of many of their magical moments. I talked with someone after who felt strongly that people have to be, have a willingness. They have to be willing to open and be open to the Holy Spirit in order to experience a magical moment. They had to be willing to take a risk much like Nathaniel. They had to be willing to trust others' testimonies or story, again, like Nathaniel and even Philip. They had to be willing to pay attention and pay attention to the little nudges to take the next step. And so as we discussed all of these things from the morning, these magical moments, it seemed that there were four things that rose to the top uh, and four things that we actually had in common uh, and paralleled with Nathaniel's experience. And the first of those was invitation. It's the ask. In Nathaniel's case, it came from a friend, Philip, who had met Jesus and spent a little time with him. And we don't know for sure what happened, All we know is it must have been magical because Philip couldn't wait to go tell Nathaniel and invite him to come and meet Jesus for himself. And even though Nathaniel's reluctant, like there's no way a guy from Nazareth can be anything but a bum, but because he was invited so enthusiastically by a friend, he goes. There's magic in the personal invitation Just like the mom that was sitting at my table, people often are willing and open to try new things on the arm of a trusted friend. 
and more often than we realize, especially when our invitation is based on our own experiences. Like saying yes to that early morning church meeting is a result of a cold call from someone reaching out to invite them, sharing their experience, and then responding by taking the next step to step into this room. Which leads to the second ingredient, there's power in our stories. And Philip doesn't give a wimpy invitation. No, he's experienced something. He encountered someone. The famous one of all, like their most prominent ancestors wrote about. And here's the mind-blowing part for me. He doesn't even give Nathaniel any evidence. He gives him no facts. He gives him no data. He just shares his own experience and says, you should come and see for yourself. And faith is passed from person to person with an invitation that comes out of sharing our story or our experiences with others. Jesus invited Andrew. Andrew invited Peter. Peter and Andrew go together and invite Philip. Philip invites Nathaniel. Each invitation based on sharing their own unique story and encounter with Jesus. Who do you need to share your story with and invite to have a magical moment with Jesus? Or maybe you haven't received or accepted the invitation to meet Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning. This, this is your invitation. Come and see for yourself. And our third ingredient was take a next step. Nathaniel did, and it changed his life. He had his own encounter with Jesus. In fact, before he even arrives, Jesus sees Nathaniel coming and says, I know you, Nathaniel. I know who you are. I know what matters to you. From the first words Jesus speaks to Nathaniel, he feels seen, he feels known and welcomed by Jesus. All because Nathaniel took a next step. I mean, he'd grown up in the church. He could have just kept reading, kept going to church, participating in practicing his religion. But instead, he steps out of his routine. He creates margin. He creates space. And he takes a next step. And he goes to meet Jesus. And more than that, he set aside his current prejudice against Nazareth and Jesus. And as he does, he's able to hear what Jesus has to say to him. He's able to accept what Jesus says about him. And what Nathaniel discovers is that Jesus already knows him. All the good and maybe the not so good. But he still says, follow me. What could happen? What could happen if you created some margin to take the next step? Set aside your prejudices and meet with Jesus, what do you think he'd say to you? My guess is it would be just as welcoming. Like, here's a great mom doing the best that she can, and she's killing it, even while she feels like she's drowning. Here's a strong leader that's leading so well, even if they feel like they're failing everyone. Here's someone fighting to believe or hold on to hope in the midst of deep pain and sorrow. But you are loved, you are forgiven, and you are welcome here. 
What could happen if we all took time and created some space and some margin? Time outside of our normal rhythm to pay attention. And that's our fourth ingredient. This seems easier said than done, right? Uh, It's hard, really hard for me. I promise I fail at this more time than not. But I am open and I am willing to take the next step to do just this. Create margin and pay attention. And paying attention to the Holy Spirit and how it's showing up and nudging me. And for me, this is being intentional. It's intentional about setting some time aside every day to call, text, or reach out to that someone that he's placing on my heart. Intentionally sitting with someone, listening and hearing what's on their heart, hearing their story, and praying for them and praying with them. And so I want to go back to my original questions. What magical moments have you experienced? And what made them magical? And here's one of mine from the huddle. And because I'm trying to pay attention, right? Uh, Mark Kuyper saying, invite the spirit of God into everything. When he shows up, magic happens, even when it shouldn't work. And I just can't stop thinking about that statement and the truth that sits in it. Invite the Spirit of God into everything, everything. And that is what can make a a magical moment. What are yours? And maybe for you, I mean, and it can be in the everyday mundane things. I mean, maybe for you, it was seeing your wife come down the aisle for the first time. The first cry of your newborn child. Holding the hands of your loved one as they take their last breath. Because you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment. Or maybe it's something simpler. I mean, maybe it's just yesterday I got two hours to myself to drink my coffee and read a book, and it was magical. Perhaps you're sitting here thinking, wow, that seven days I got to sit on the beach, it was magical. Maybe when the 49ers won last weekend, some of you might say, that was magical. We all have those moments, right? Some big Some super simple and perhaps mundane, but they nonetheless feel magical. And in every single one of those moments, God is at work, even in the hard things. And so I'm going to go back uh, because some of you might say it was not magical when the Niners won last weekend. And you can debate that with my amazing husband another time. But I want you to listen to Brock Purdy's post-game interview. Uh, like honestly, I think it's just a testament to God and where He's taken me in life. Um, I've never been the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, or any of that. Um, I feel like I've always sort of had to fight for what I get and uh, work for what I get. Um, but God's always given me an opportunity, whether that was in high school, college, and then obviously in the NFL. Getting drafted last, people you know overlook you and all that kind of stuff. And then all you need is an opportunity. And when watching, see what He does. You know, I put my faith and trust in Him, and He's gotten me where I'm at. So. Um, when I'm down 17 at half, honestly, I'm just like thinking, like, all right, God, you, you're taking me here, and um, win or lose, I'm going to glorify you, and and uh, that's my peace, that's the joy, that's the the steadfastness, that's where I get it from, and that's the honest truth. So I, I leaned into that, and sure enough, we were able to come back. All right. So first, let me get my disclaimer out there. I'm not a football fan like in any sense of the word, and I know I just lost half of you in the room right now. Uh, But here's the cool thing about this for me, is that Brock Purdy 
invites the Spirit of God into everything. Did you hear what he said? All you need is an opportunity. And then watch and see what he does. When you invite the Spirit of God into everything, he shows up and magic happens, even when it shouldn't work. And what he's saying is win or lose, no matter what happens, his peace and joy is found in Jesus. And this is his story, a piece of his story. This is his testimony. And to me, uh, not being a football fan, hearing this, to me it's an invitation. It's an invitation he just extended, extended to experience Jesus. This is the power of stories. This is the power of your story. Now, I'm not saying that when you invite the Spirit of God into all things, uh, that it's all going to go your way, that you're going to win the big game, that you'll get the job, that you'll heal, heal the cancer or mend the relationship. But what if? What if we created space, we created margin in our lives to step into an opportunity to experience a magical moment? A magical moment with God, like Nathaniel did, like Sammy did. Are you willing to accept or extend an invitation? Listen to or share your personal story. Paying attention to where the Holy Spirit is working and willing to create margin and maybe take a risk to take that next step. I know when I do this, I am surprised every single time. I get to experience the peace and joy that I can only find in him. These are the moments. These are the moments when I take the next step and pay attention where I anticipate I will see greater things. So what magical moments might God have planned for you this year? And how might you be a part of creating opportunities for your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors to experience a magical moment with Jesus? Invite, share your story of encountering Jesus. Create some margin to take a next step with Jesus. And pay attention. Pay attention to what he is saying to you in that step. All right, let's pray. God, um, you are the creator of all things. Um, and you created each of us to be in a relationship with you and to know you and to love you and to follow you. And so, Lord, it's just my prayer and my hope today that um, we can pay attention and we can invite your spirit into everything we're doing, Lord, and, um, and just help us and encourage everyone here to take that next step, to take that next step and to take the risk um, to create and to feel and to experience a magical moment and a magical moment with you. And we pray this all in your son's name. Amen.